Hi, this is Jesse with Red Cloaks Radio, and I know I say it all the time, but today is an extra, 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 extra special treat. Um, joining me as co-host today, Marta Leticia from Boston Red Cloaks. And our guest today, welcome, Viva Ruiz. We are huge fans and so excited. I am so thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so we just want to start out with like, you are absolutely one of a kind, amazing writer, artist, dancer, collaborator, creative maker, communicator at the international level on a topic that is critical to us, which is being out and in front talking about abortion. So thank you for your work and welcome. You're going to make me cry right off the bat. <clears throat> oh my God. Thank you for that reflection. I'm, I'm so happy to connect. I'm like a connection starved person. I'm we so happy to be here with you. <laughs> We really see you and um, I've, I've been watching your work for at least two years and the way that you are using visual medium to communicate about something that is very, very simple and has been made very complex by generations of patriarchy is stunning, stunning. And I know Vogue sees you, Poland sees you, people see what you're doing and thank God for abortion and thank God for Viva Ruiz. <laughs> Thank God for you and your work in Boston and everything that we're doing. You know, there's the it's amazing to connect with people who are working all over the world. You know, it's amazing to be in Boston with you uh, right now to talk about what we've been doing, not knowing each other, but parallel. And and then when we intersect, it's so it's strengthening for me. So I'm excited to to know you. So uh, so are you on the West Coast or are you on the East Coast? Yo soy New Yorkina. Uh, okay. I uh, am from Jamaica, Queens. My family is Ecuadorian. I'm the first generation, uh, me and my brothers and sisters here. And I grew up in Jamaica, Queens, and now I'm in Brooklyn. So I never really left New York. <laughs> Although I've been, uh, like Ecuador is also a home for me. Uh, that's where most of my family was. Now there's, now there's, a lot of us here since since then but um <clears throat> yeah i'm a new yorker born and bred in staten island myself okay. not there now but um one thing we all have in common on this call and today is um, we've all got roots or ties ancestrally or otherwise with the catholic church and so i'm just putting that right out there um as something we might touch on later in the conversation but i want to say first um i'd love to talk about the re-release of your anthem you have literally written the anthem for abortion and if you haven't heard it yet go get it and listen to it um and it you know it ties right into looking looking at what a church service looks like, the ceremony, the pomp, the circumstance. And I'd love to know a little bit about the setting of it because your first version of the anthem was in a nightclub and it's awesome. Yeah. And you've re-upped it. So like, what were your thoughts going into this new version? Yeah, I actually wrote that song years ago for a panel I was on that Planned Parenthood was on. And it was at a place called Printed Matter um, that is a really cool art space like, um, Printed matter around print around books and fanzines and the word and they did a talk and I asked if I could bring a song as an alternative to talking. I actually I did talk to you, but it was I really felt like let's do something. People respond to music in a way they don't respond to a panel. And um, my cousin is an incredible MC, and I asked him to collaborate with me on this. And he's the rap he's a rapper in this 
and we did the panel after the talk and it, it was just it just feels good i want to feel good i want to have fun and i want to feel good and it, we felt and it's fun to sing a song and dance around with your friends so that was before the nightclub act so that was like 2016 maybe 2016 2017 then um yeah 2016 i think and then when okay how many debacles so the big <laughs> the first the big big women's march we were out on the streets and with our tgfa signs and you know the left is all was not very warm and still can be not very warm to the message that we're putting out there so there was friction when we got into the into the march these women were like you don't belong here and you know, we're ready to fight. That's part of what we do. And we'll fight anybody. <laughs> and so well, we, and like, we got... how, how could they even say it? it's the women's march? I don't, I, I believe you, but it's hard to fathom what is in anyone's mind as a women's march, not throwing themselves on the floor and thanking you for being there. Yeah. This was, what year was that big? It's 2018, January, you know, so the... they told you, they yelled at you, you don't belong here. So what was the mindset? Uh, there were what, these... what did you what did you and I when I mean what did you feel is not what you felt internally you know what did you feel from the people did you feel hate did you feel uh condoning were you despised I mean what what was the feeling of people surrounding you it's usually the project gets different and you'll see it like on a, on a micro level. If you wear the shirt, that messaging, you get the same response. People are either shocked, like don't say anything or they, they kind of get stunned and then love you. Then there's like, ah, like a celebration or they're upset. They get upset. And, um, these were, you know, leftist women, white women in the pink hats. Cause it was like the, the pink hat moment. And, you know, the left wants you to, wants the, you know, is pro-choice, but doesn't want you to be pro-abortion or that has been as left as the left has been for a long time. Now we're pulling, you can see in the last few years, not, you know, I'm in a group of all of us working to pull the spectrum back to like, not back, but outside of left and right, you know, outside of left and right. Cause we, everybody has abortions. We know that. But we've been so conditioned to, to talk about it, to, to walk on eggshells. So it's just women, you know, who uh, were triggered by the celebration part, I think, of abortion because they were marching for women's rights. So it's not like we don't, they don't think it should be legal, safe and free, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm used to, it's not, it wasn't the first time, but uh, so, you know, I was with, at the time, what our group was like, maybe 10 people, six, six to 10 people. And it's funny you know, to get opposition. And it's, it, for me, it's, it's fun for me, especially in the left to fight and, you know, really confront people because I'm not physically afraid. And it's different when it's, when the opposition comes from the right. I don't need to do that. <laughs> I don't have to do that confrontation so much. Well, it's, it's understandable because I was probably one of those that was, I have mixed feelings. I see yes. your video and I have mixed feelings. I sometimes it depends on the day or depends on the mood and I can go like what's wrong no on, and then some days I go like yeah, <laughs> and my husband is like what is wrong oh, it's one of those vivas days you know me amazing <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm like interested. okay today is not a viva day and I go like okay okay 
and today is a viva day. Okay, so we're cool. Let's just chill. Increíble. ¿Y, y vos de dónde eres? Yo soy mexicana. Oh, y okay. ya llevo aquí 25 años. Eh, y mi sentir de muchas cosas es, está todavía muy engranado en, mi, en cómo crecí como mexicana, eh, católica, etcétera, etcétera. Y sí. con el tiempo y después de varios años de vivir en Estados Unidos fue que cambié. Eh, dos de mis hijos crecieron católicos y los otros dos crecieron protestantes. Entonces, eh, con el mismo marido, en el mismo matrimonio, todo igual, uh -huh. pero fue cambiando dependiendo de de la situación que vivíamos y del lugar donde estábamos viviendo. I was telling her that bring, uh, with my bringing up a Mexican and Catholic, and I've been living in the States for over 25 years. And even though I've been in the same marriage with the same person, I have two Catholic kids and two Protestants or two Christians and they have it very ingrained and it has had or it it changed all our way of being because of the places we have lived in so uh, right so yes i understand i mean my i thought my family was going to disown me when i started this project and it started as an art project like trust me i had no idea <laughs> I, at all <laughs> that anyone would be into this. It was just a, a cluster of designs I made around Catholic imagery because I was upset and I'm an artist and I just made some imagery and I was like, now this is in the world also. And somehow it makes a difference in the frequency. But I didn't know, like to now, I'm like this, there really is a God. That's what this project says to me because there's a bigger plan. I didn't have a plan for this to be uh, something that people would get behind and that would spread and here we are. Um, but I, my family is very Catholic. I grew up Catholic, uh, Ecuadorianos, Mexicanos, um, Puerto Ricanos, evangelical. I have a lot of evangelical Christians in my family now. And so, you know, I was on social media with all this and my family loves a Facebook, you know, of course. My family in Ecuador <laughs> loves a Facebook. And uh, now Instagram, but more Facebook. And I was like, well, I'm not hiding it. So I guess that's the end. And what I saw is that it, it isn't about, I didn't have to preach to them. They, and this is part of the movement that uh, we testify, talks about too, that you, everybody loves somebody who has had an abortion. Is there right. what they say? And that is how my, the people in my family have changed that. They didn't have to change how they feel about abortion. And I don't require that. I, I don't, I'm not like, if you have whatever feeling you have about abortion, we know is valid, whatever. It can be traumatic for people. It is about loss for people. And that's not for me to diminish that, but it's not just that. And the reason it is only, has only been allowed to, to be just that is Christianity, is the church. But it's more than it's power because the people who are enforcing this are not about a God, they're about, maintaining power and the bible is a very easy way for people to maintain power as we as we've seen through time <laughs> through time so my family it's so interesting like they love me they didn't stop loving me and in that way they have come around because there's no condemnation and they know i'm not trying to change their mind 
but could they stop me? You know, could they personally stop a person from having an abortion? Could they block, would they force somebody to stay pregnant? And my mom tells me that in their WhatsApp redes, they, me, the, her and my tias are like, see, um, my family calls me Lalita. And they're like, oh yeah, but Lalita, she's not trying, she's not telling people to have abortions. She's like, <laughs> it's, it's, she's trying to change. She's trying to help people have them if they need them. And so I found that in our communities, our Latin communities, we are more forgiving and more, we say, we, we accept that with more benevolence or with more grace than Los gringos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> than the people from the States. Yes. I didn't want to say it that way, but yes. Let me say that we, for you. We are more, um, more gracious in that uh, because it's either, como decimos nosotros, te comiste la torta antes del recreo, or because for whatever reason, but either they embrace you and they will help you with the kid, however way they can, or they will help you deal with the trauma of an abortion, of, of losing a child, with everything that comes with having uh, something like that in your life. I think what's challenging though is when people, if we don't have your work, we live in this band where it's benevolence and someone forgives you even though you had an abortion. And that's really different than saying, I'm so glad I had the chance to have an abortion. I am personally glad I had the chance to have an abortion. And you know, without someone saying it, and my family will hear this podcast because I haven't said that out loud in a podcast quite before. But similarly, you know, I told I told one cousin before I started posting things all over social media exactly the same. Because I, I needed, somehow I needed to know if she wasn't going to talk to me again, I needed to know directly. But she took it really well. But there's something about individuals in your Catholic family accepting you even though you did, but politically not sticking up for the person who's not me, who they don't know. And that's what needs to happen is you've got to, you've got to we need people, if we're going to change it. We need them to see your float. We need yeah. them to see the float. Like talk about the float because you expand it in this beautiful way. Yeah, it's growing and it has, she has a life of her own is what I say, you know, it is in the world and it wants to be, it wants to grow. So I'm letting it grow and nurturing it, not just by myself, it, it's everybody's now too, in, in a way. But um, I want to say too, just, uh, you know, we do care for each other. We, my culture is a very caring, extended family. We, we protect each other. We take care of each other. The part that you're saying, Jesse, is true that it has to stop being in secret now, you know, because we do that in secret around abortion. And now that I've been doing this project, like my family has come out like, oh yeah, I had four or whatever. And I'm like, just casually at a barbecue. And I'm like, <laughs> that has never happened before that somebody would just say that. And I know it's because I have worn them down, <laughs> you know, without meaning to, they've just been around my work and it's not as big a deal to say that. And that's an incredible change, you know, to see that happen, but now it needs, it needs to not be secret abortion. It needs to not be secret. Exactly, exactly. And then when it's not secret, we can fight for each other in, as for, for, for law to overturn these laws. Cause as you know, most of South America is shit as far as abortion in court. So in Ecuador, it's illegal, you know, it's, it's, there are places that have never had, 
women have people have never had access to abortion uh safe and legal abortion and the first part for me or what i can uh, i can't you know i i am not like an academic person i'm, I'm a I'm a nightlife and family person. That's where my education comes from. It's my family and community and, and clubs. And where I can access is, yes, creating some, a party. Like I'll throw a party around abortion. That's where I work. And that is really disturbing to people. And that's good. <laughs> and that's great. good. <laughs> it's great. That is a way to make it public. Once they, the woman goes public, I think it's easier also for your partner, husband, or any man to say, well, okay, uh, we had an abortion or my wife or my partner had an abortion and I felt this way. We have had in different podcasts, different men that have shared the experience, but it's also very important if they see that you accept it and you talk about it, then they will feel like, a something lifted off their shoulders and they can talk about it. If we don't talk, then it's gonna keep on being stigmatized for the rest of, of the life. Exactly. I have a Mexican aunt who um, on Facebook was pushing back really hard a few years ago and like just being really rude, but I knew it. what my mom was like, it's not her, it's the person, the woman she works for who's white and speaks perfect English. So she was using her Facebook to condemn me and I finally had to block her. And, and then I saw her and she was so sweet. And um, my uncle, when he saw me, who's Ecuadorian, he said, the first thing he said to me was, Viva aborto. I was like, like they're, they want to support me and it's difficult, you know, and it takes people, it can take people some time, but it's, it's okay to upset people as the first step, you know, to upset them. And then I unblock them uh, it, and to upset them is uh, to upset people who have a belief because it's disconnected. Like you can have a, your feelings about abortion, but it's not connected to and they're going to force a pregnancy or they're going to put them in jail. That's right. Or, you know, they don't connect it to a real life uh, consequence. And when you connect it for them, they kind of can't stand by that usually. Well, you're right, because it's people that the power of shame and stigma and ostracizing people is enormous. So if you do not, you know, if you don't bump into your video, you don't bump into your float. If you don't happen to see a red cloak with a sign that says someone you know has had an abortion, right. if you don't bump into that, what is out there? I think it's very interesting looking at this movement to make abortion visible and then looking at the recent successful effort around gay marriage, because there's a lot of similar um, difficulties that have been faced in both groups by, you know, being shamed, being told you're going to go to hell. I mean, it's pretty scary if you're a kid and you grow up Catholic and you hear year after year after year of if you have an abortion, you're going to hell. If you're gay, you're going to hell. Like it's, it's very frightening. If you're not inside that world, you may not realize it, but, you know, having the first public kiss on a sitcom, having movies where people are gay or lesbian and they're great and they're awesome and they're the hero. But there's not a million stories about abortion. You know, Juno was a really popular movie, but she didn't have the abortion, right? Like, so right. it's it's not a lot of messages. So you put something out there. I, I wanted to ask you, you've mentioned this in something I read at some point that you said about feeling this, you know, the ancestors, the our foremothers, you know, didn't have the same opportunities or access and still had abortions. 
and how dangerous that was. And you've talked about your ancestors sort of talking through you. I'm really interested. What do you think about prior generations and how they feel? Yeah, it's, uh, there are people, I mean, in my personal story, there's femicide. That is, you know, a rampant global problem. Uh, I'm a person who does pray. I do pray. Uh, I do believe in a God, in God, spirit, creator. My personal belief is, you know, it's indescribable, really, what a God, is, what God is, and everybody, you know, all of it is our poet is poetry to kind of come close, but it's bigger and more personal than that. And every day, I'm affirmed that. I want to be of use and my particular intersections somehow are perfect for this job (laughs) (laughs) that I've been given and I'm fascinated by it and um, I'm creating I have you know I'm so excited about the content I am creating now that I think you're gonna like um oh that's 2021 uh and you know like yeah the float was is a dream I mean I didn't think I could do that not because there are things just like when people come in, it's a community thing too. You let people's perspectives in and not everybody has to see the same thing. And I had a friend who's like a great businessman who was like, it was his idea. Cause I was in pride, I'm always in pride. And I was in pride two years before that just by myself with the shirt. And I just kept trying to dance with the churches who were not having me. That's when I was like, oh, right. Even gay churches aren't about that way. And then the next year, there were six of us carrying a banner. We jumped in and just did it. And the next year was a float. And it was my friend who had, I borrowed his big vision because he had he was like rich. And he was like, why don't you do a float? And I was like, I could never do a float. Not because I can't or I was afraid, but it's money. And so you think about that, you know, like class and, and what we're allowed to do. And, you know, that's something that spirit put in my life is are these really amazing mentors and friends who can propose something and then, then it cooks. And I was like, of course, I'm going to do a float. And we did a GoFundMe and we raised the money, which for me is very humbling. I don't like to ask for money. And that comes from being poor. Like poor people do not like to ask for money. Rich people ask, that's how they're rich. They just ask for each other for money every day. <laughs> that's what being rich is. It's like, can I have a million? Okay, here's a million. And I'm like, so, you know, it's, the project is really beautiful for me personally. It's, it's a lot, it gives me a lot of room for healing and expansion. Um, I'm, I love it. And yeah, we raised some money and we did this float and it was a perfect float. It looked like a black um, cake. It looked like a really like black confetti and we had air sirens. And in the middle of all this rainbow pride, you know, we were this like emergency broadcast system with this reggaeton anthem and a choreography. My vision was also kind of uh, Janet Jackson, Rhythm Nation. And we just, you know, it's, it's beautiful every time because you see people who, have, who don't know us who jump in and join us. And I see that, I've seen it in real time. As much as I've seen people be horrified and kind of faint <laughs> from, the, <laughs> from the disgust there's also like just this, whoa, like just jumping in of, a, of people who identify. And like you said, L, I mean, I'm a queer person. Queer people have abortions. All kinds of people have abortions. You know, trans men have abortions. Trans men get pregnant and have abortions. It's, it's, it's not new even. <laughs> Do you no, know? It's, it's, it's not. not 
And it's we not do share that intersection that some people get punished for sex. Guess That's who right. doesn't? Men do not get punished for having sex. That's right. Men do not have suffer consequences for sex, but everyone else, straight men though, everyone else is condemned for, it's punished for sex. So we do, and in just in the sense that we have to be the owners of our own self. We determine our own self. We share we should, we have to lock arms with everyone else. So people in the abortion rights struggle need, really need, especially cis people, cis, cis women, cis people need to be engaged in trans liberation. It's, we're, we're fighting for our bodies to be who we are. We're fighting to be safe. We need to be safe and not, um, you know, some people can't leave the house and be safe. I mean, and that, you know, that, that definitely was me too, but in different degrees. And that depends on where you, your zip code, you know, it does. Your, it does. So it's been so great talking and we would love to continue this conversation with you and thank you for, for this, this first part. Oh my God. It was such a pleasure. It was like, honey, <laughs> and I appreciate you both and your work, which is gracias. And I hope to meet in person or make some trouble in person together someday. Yes, we will. Muy pronto, muy pronto. <laughs>